This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Heather Bame and Howie Nestel. Now, here's Heather. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Tears and Estelle, a nutrition partner and pediatric dietitian who empowers parents to make a difference in their children's lives through food. Tirza, welcome to the show. Thank you, Heather. I'm happy to be here this morning. And you're Tears and Estelle, so... Yes, and she's not my wife, so she is my... <laughs> Sister. There we go. Love it. Who's the male or female version of who? Uh, today, she is the female version of me. Yes. All right. Those compliments are highly there. Okay. <laughs> We're also going to talk with Amanda Bankin, the owner of Green Tree Steamers, who helps businesses and homes maintain pristine floors through eco-friendly commercial and residential cleaning. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, Heather. I'm so happy to be here. And this is not your first time on the show. You've no. been on before. No, I'm in my charming phase of three times. Three times the charm. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. We can get real deep with it this time. Deep Let's clean. do it. Let's hey. do it. Hey. <laughs> hey okay. In studio with us today, as always, is my co-host, Howie Nestel, the owner of Sharkmatic Advertising, where he and his team have helped over 1,500 clients grow their marketing influence. Howie, welcome back. Thank you, Heather. Very nice to be here with you. Oh, nice to be here with you, too. And so Mark comes back next week, and we're on our separate shows That's again. Right. Uh, so enjoy this while you can. And I am your co-host, Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity and achieve their goals. Mine's a lot shorter than everybody else's. <laughs> a quick reminder for our listeners that you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you are a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804. Soon to be accepting applications from outside of San Antonio because of this nifty screen we have here. That's right. So we'll do some kind of hybrid version where we'll have people in the studio and people from all over the United States by Zoom. So we turned it on just to warm it up and make yeah. sure we're ready for it. Figuring out how to make it scale outside of San <laughs> Antonio because right. there are. Well, no, it, you, Mark gets requests from people outside. I got a request from somebody outside the state, actually somebody from, from Idaho that wants to be on the podcast. Well, that's the thing. Like, I have a big network out of San Antonio as well, and it's just one of those things that's right. hard well, to Well, the viewers are growing at... Uh, I think it's 500 viewers a week mm -hmm. on the podcast, so that's a lot. So you know that a lot of those are going to be from outside of San Antonio. For sure. I think we're, last time I checked, and I think I checked this weekend, we were at 12.8,000. That's a lot. Yeah, this so. World Wide Web thing, I'm telling you, it's going to be big. <laughs> it's going to be big. I don't know. We'll wait and see. We'll we'll definitely at the forefront <laughs> of this new technology. It's not a fad. It's here to stay. <laughs> not a fad. Well, what I love about today's episode is everyone on this episode is very passionate about their individual businesses. Um, you're extremely passionate about your your business and cleaning, and you're super passionate about nutrition. So I want to ask you guys, how does your passion for your specific industry show up in your business on the day-to-day? -day? Well, when you're self-employed, the number one thing that you have to keep going is your own internal motivation and momentum. And if you don't have that passion, good luck with that because the grind gets hard. But if you love what you do, it's not that hard. And how did you discover this? Was it always just something where you loved cleaning or is it something that you kind of fell in love with through the process of creating a business? I never in a million years thought that I would be in the trades. But back in 2010, I had just I wanted to go into business and I didn't want to take out a loan and I had just enough money to still go into this business. Mm -hmm. But it was an absolutely wonderful surprise that I ended up truly loving the product. 
So there you go. Hey, you know, I think about arranged marriages, you know, (laughs) grandparents and great grandparents. It's not who you picked. It's just it was picked for you. And then you fall in love with it. Uh And I think that that actually this might be a topic for later on. But Mm. I think almost anything you can get into in terms of business, if you're passionate enough or I wasn't going to use that word, although it is much more politically correct than obsessive. That if you're obsessed with a business and solving a business problem, chances are you're going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you do. That's why you have people that are millionaires that go broke that then become millionaires in a totally different industry and then maybe do something else. Case in point, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. you know? That's absolutely. So electric cars, what does that have to do with putting people in space and satellites? And what does that have to do with all these other businesses and PayPal and everything else he was involved with? It's it's this mindset and it's this obsession of, I got to get into this and it has to succeed, not just for the sake of money, but because this is my reputation, I'm all in because I'm obsessed with clean floors. I'm ex- obsessed with helping businesses mm-hmm. grow, Heather. I'm obsessed with, you know, um, making sure that people know that nutrition is their fuel for life. And it's going to affect the quality of their life and the length of their days and all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. it's and these obsessions that drive us. Entrepreneurship as well. Like there yeah. is nothing in the world I love more than being a business owner. It's just it's part of my identity and exactly what Howie was saying. It comes from this obsession of putting my name behind something that's top notch. Oh yeah, and you take it personally. I know. I, do. <laughs> I know. But even what now? By, by the way, tell us a little bit about your Google ratings. Hmm. Well, as of today, I've never received anything less than a five star. Um, and I have one thing I've realized is that customers don't have the expectation that you're never going to make a mistake. What happens is after you make the mistake, how do you behave? How do you handle it? And I take a, take that part very personally. Customer service is top for me. So anytime there is an issue, I look at it, acknowledge it, self-correct it, and then create a lifetime customer from that. And good communication, too, which is one of Heather's big things. As a business coach, she talks about this all the time. Communicate, communicate. You're going to be late. You're going to do that. Communicate (laughs) it. Communicate it. If it's not going to work, how are you going to communicate what happened, what can be done to rectify it, et cetera? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I have a couple of things to add. The passion comes from within based on your outside audience. And what they thrive on is not only your passion, but you being their cheerleader, you rooting them on. They know that they can do more, they can do better. They 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 want to succeed, but sometimes they need that push. And if you don't have the passion within you in what you're doing, it's very hard to communicate that. So you want to look at your audience, you want to be positive, you always want to give them the yes, you can and you will. Now, it may not be perfect. And what does that look like to you? It's not what my expectation is. It's what is your expectation. But here are the tools. Here is the way to get from your point to the other point that you're trying to establish. And and people will come to me and say, oh, you're a dietitian. Oh, you're a nutritionist. But I always want to say to them, feel comfortable. Don't look at me as the food police. Don't look at me as somebody that's going to tell you what you can't do. Let's talk about what you can do. Let's talk about what's going to motivate you. What's going to give you that extra fuel in the morning? So my passion is really outwardly viewed and, and, and acknowledged just because I practice it, number one, 
And number two is because I really am there to cheer them on, to show them that they can, that they will. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. Listen, I never want you to throw away what you have in your kitchen. I want you to finish it and then just do better then. Well, and that's something that I think is an interesting point because when we were in our pre-show Zoom, it's a Zoom, right? It's so easy to check out via Zoom and nobody like suggested a passion for their business topic. But when Tirza was talking, it just leapt out of the screen. She obviously (laughs) loves what she does. And I've met Amanda before and she is passionate about providing high quality service. It's sometimes not even about the vehicle with which you are using to express your passion. It's having that overall passion that you are driving toward your purpose and what you want to do. And then it's just being released through dietitian or cleaning or coaching or advertising. And I appreciate that compliment. And I thank you for that because, you know, before COVID and before Zoom, I mean, I'm sure that that vehicle existed, right? But we didn't utilize it. And I would prefer an audience face-to-face. That, that's my preference. The platform is let me look at my audience. Let me give them my contact. Let me, you know. But if we have to do it through Zoom, listen, it's just a matter of changing your outlook, your thought, your process, what you've perceived. So then, again, if I can shine through this media or in person or on the radio, whatever it is, I really appreciate that compliment. So yeah. thank you. <clears throat> Amanda and I are... are members of a referral group, and we have a lot of great entrepreneurs there, Mm -hmm. 35, 40 of them. But when we each get to stand up and talk about our business, there are three or four people that when they stand up, everybody's paying attention. Amanda's one of them. (laughs) Because that passion just flows out, you know? Mm -hmm. Rudy's another one, you know? And I talked about him the other day, feeling his words, right? He's like, Mm -hmm. you know, Rudy Rubio, we call him Rudio. You just feel your words, and he's like, oh, you can tell there's there's a passion there. And to Tierce's point, if you're not passionate about your business, how do you expect your customers or your clients or your patients to be excited about it? You know, parents, you know, should come like, well, you know, my kid just doesn't want to eat good food, doesn't <laughs> want to do what And Tears asks him, well, do you eat good food? Do you have it? Well, I don't really like that. Well, how do you expect that? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. So so if I want we, we send out when we send out an email to our clients when we launch a new website, for me, it's a big deal. Okay, we've launched 1,100 websites for clients. I'm excited. So I say, send out an excited email. I say that all send the time. Out an excited email. <laughs> now, my senior staff all knows to do that, and they're really excited. But my junior staff is like, oh, that seems kind of weird because they want to send out, uh, hi, your website is now live. Please check it out at www. I go, no. Hey, guess what, Frank? Your site is now live. We're so excited. We love it. We hope you love it too. And send a freaking excited email. (laughs) Yes. You know, this is exciting. I go, you don't think it's exciting? Then just wait till we don't have websites. They don't pay us and I don't pay you. And then you'll find that you're going to get kind of excited about launching new websites. Well, see, I have a Howie story for this. Howie, you know, I've been holding this in my back pocket since last week. So I had Howie come and speak at my Base Connect series last week. I didn't want to say anything about that. And he walks in and he's there to talk about advertising to a group of about 15, 20 entrepreneurs who are all building and scaling their businesses. And the first topic he starts talking about was that they should go get a job at USAA because they'll have more time, money, and freedom. <laughs> and <laughs> well, I'm just I watching you. this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I asked, like, why, what are some of the reasons why you get into business? And say, well, more, and, and every, more time, more money, more freedom, be my own boss. I'm like, 
go work for USAA. I go, my friends that work there get five weeks paid vacation. They're playing golf. They're hanging out. They're <laughs> he paying. got to go to the Olympics because <laughs> yes. he worked at a job. When, 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 I worked, when I worked for Jimmy, when I worked for mm-hmm. the chemical company, I took clients to the Olympics. I was there for 12 days. I spent 150 grand on tickets. And then I said, you know how many times I've gone to the Olympics since I've owned my own business? Zero. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, know? and the thing here was like I kept waiting for it to come back to like, but no, here's you why you should be back. business. And he was not coming <clears throat> back. But what was funny was after he left, like everybody was, we we're on our, our eight minute break because I think eight is just enough between 10 and five. Um, and they were like, but we were fascinated. He just spoke. He was so interesting to listen to. And I think that's because you bring the passion to whatever topic you're talking about. Even if you're trying to convince all my people to not be business owners. Right. Well, everybody <laughs> wants to own their own business until mm-hmm. they own their own business. Right. Well, Man, I it, say it's 90-10. 90% of people want to own their own business. 10% do. It's because they show you behind that oh shit curtain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Once you start, you're like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I want to do all that. It, it is very, it's <laughs> so much work. It, and if you're looking to get into owning your own business because you want free time, then you're going to need to set it up the right way. But even then, I've never known a successful business person that wasn't constantly working. Mm-hmm. I just got back from a vacation and I got so much done on my vacation because <laughs> I didn't have to take the kids right. anywhere. And I could sit down and work, but I, you know. Yeah, the guy that owned the Empire State, not the Empire State Building, the, the Twin Towers in New York when they got hit, uh, he had owned them for eight or ten years. He was already, I believe, in his 70s. I saw him on a podcast because I'm part of a group that gets to, you know, watch these these special interviews. Anyway, so this guy got a settlement in the billions because of what happened. You know what he did? He put the money back in. He made the museum. He rebuilt mm-hmm. buildings, and he's Kept still working. office there in his nineties. Mm-hmm. He's in his nineties, mm-hmm. and he's still working, and he had billions. It's mm-hmm. it's because it becomes part of your DNA is what you do. You're an entrepreneur. That's it. You become at some point you become unemployable, you know, and you just have to make it work. This <laughs> yeah, is this is what I do. Can you I, imagine like oh Howie? Yes, here's your office, and you know we're gonna uh-huh. sit down here at twelve o'clock. You could take your lunch. Like, yeah, <laughs> taking a lunch. When's the last right. time? But okay. I think that that also, I'm sorry to interrupt oh, no, you, good. but that that also goes back to passion because if you don't have the passion in you, you don't mm-hmm. have that fire burning, then you just keep your mouth quiet. Mm-hmm. You don't say, right? You just kind of sit back and you just kind of observe, you know, and, and you have one life, one life to live. And nobody says that you have to be in the same industry for all of your life or all of your adulthood. What is it that you learned along the lines? Now, I happen to really love what I do. And again, we've established that. But one of the reasons why I love what I do is because it gives people the opportunity to take ownership of their own selves. Mm -hmm. Because I now fuel my body to serve a purpose, not only to live and to sustain life, but to be energetic, to look at life in a different view, because I ate well, so I feel good. So now I can verbalize that. Mm. Now I can go to people and look at them in the eyes and I can say what I mean and not say it in a mean way. A lot of people that are not nourished properly, they eat just to eat, they are not nourished and they're down on themselves. So that's how they communicate. Energy level low, et cetera, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a great segue into your section. So you are a dietitian, specifically a pediatric dietitian. So what inspired you to, to specifically work with kids? 
training and working in an industry of adults that looked at me and honestly said, I just don't care. And that wasn't good enough because if I couldn't reach my audience and I couldn't do what I passionately wanted to do to inspire people, that wasn't the right market for me. So yes, I'm trained in a lifestyle and life cycle of nutrition, but I've chosen to dedicate to pediatrics because it gives me the opportunity to empower their parents to do better so that they can use nutrition as preventive medicine, so that they don't get to a stage in their lives where they wanna give up, where they feel it's not important, that their bodies are not worth it, that, so pediatrics is really my passion for that, for the reason that it will give them the opportunity, the stepping stone in the right direction to take pride in how they nourish their bodies. Oh my God, so, that's so real. Let me just tell you something. Um, one of my clients, I just got a text from his 13-year-old son using his dad's phone that his dad passed away. The dad is three years younger, was three years younger than I am. Uh, not the picture of good health. And I had talked to him a few times about it, and he didn't care because culturally that's how he was raised. Mm -hmm. And so what you're telling me is you're telling parents, if you don't care about yourself, you should care about your children. Absolutely. And now in this particular case, it's too late. Absolutely. And I have to read a text from a 13-year-old coming from his dad's phone. Yes. So I have a story to say on that. You know. In my 22 years of practicing pediatrics, I will never forget a single father um, referred to me by a pediatrician, and I only knew this child from the information that was sent to me to review, to prepare for the visit. And I could see that for the age and for the height, the weight was way off. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I was preparing of how to approach. Now, I always take into consideration that really it's the parent that I'm addressing, not the child, because the parent has all the control. So the father walks in and arms crossed, very loud body language, and not happy to be there, not happy to see me. So my first job was to build that rapport with this father. And so when he felt comfortable enough, he just said to me, this is the way we were raised. My daughter on a Sunday, and he said it proudly, my daughter on a Sunday will throw down a half a pound of barbacoa, some flour tortillas, and a two-liter big red throughout the Sunday. Mm -hmm. But he was proud. So I thought, what do I do with this information? How do I redirect this information? You never go in saying, oh, you have to give that up. No, no, no. You find a way to say, I understand. I never want to take away what your culture, what you're used to, what brings you happiness on a Sunday, what you look forward to with, you know, on a Sunday morning. But how about we do instead of flour tortillas, we do corn tortillas. Instead of a half a pound, we do a fourth of a pound. What about we take a little break in between so that maybe we don't have to down it so quickly? Mm -hmm. And maybe the big red, now we do a couple of cans as opposed to the two liter, you know? And sure enough, throughout the course of our visits, we were able to get it down to where they were comfortable. I was uh, comfortable with the approach to this particular situation. And it's always theirs to own. It's not my problem. But 
if they're open and willing to receive the information and apply the tools, then my job was done. Yeah, I like what you said, better than. Absolutely. Well, and I think a lot of people, when they hear dietitian, nutritionist, they think weight. What are some of the other health benefits beyond just weight that kids experience just by getting on a healthier eating habit? Oh, the, the positiveness that they see themselves, their body image, their um, ability to play sports, their ability to listen better in school, the way they sleep, their sleep patterns are so much better. Their life just becomes brighter. You know, because you're fueling your body with less processed over, over processed foods that your body has to work so hard to break down. So if your body has to do less because the food was purer, then your body is yours, your vehicle to be able to use it to move forth in your goals. So I think that positive self-image is one of the biggest outcomes of good nutrition. And that'll affect just about everything. If- everything. Well, quality of life overall. I mean, you look at people who've cared about nutrition, ate properly. That doesn't mean didn't drink. Doesn't mean didn't eat some some uh, some you know uh, barbacoa on Sundays once in a while. But overall, proper nutrition. You see the quality of life when they get into their sixties, seventies, and eighties is much better than the people that did not. Absolutely. So one thing that I like to remind my clients, my patients, my audience, is what you do for your body today, you can surely ask your body to do later in life. If you've done nothing for your body now, what are you expecting your body to do later? Right. Return mm-hmm. on investment. There you go. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I want children to be children. Listen, Howie and I... Obviously, we're brother and sister. We know each other. We're at family functions together. It's not that we don't take a piece of this or we don't indulge in this or sometimes we have some of this. But, like, you know, if you just figure out what's the best way to apply this to you as an individual, because it's all individual cases. So I want children to continue to be children. I just want them to make better choices because of how they feel, how they're sleeping, how they're performing out on the sports field, how... Their, you know, their grades are reflecting back. And so that's motivation in itself. And Heather has very young, very cute kids. Yes, they're very so cute. So I'm sure this is going to be very, very helpful. <laughs> well, I think one point that, that we talked about earlier uh, was like kids are a captive audience up until they're, what, 15, 16, and they start driving. So what, driving what are your thoughts crazy, on that? They're right. driving. Two of those yeah. right <laughs> then they're out on the roads and you can't right. quite control them as much. But I think about that all the time. I have an eight-month-old and a, a three-year-old and... You know, I might be able to sneak a a Coke here and there, but like they have no choice in what I allow them to consume. So do you see that parents will just change their kids diet or does it affect the parents in how they view nutrition as well when they work with you? So I do a lot of public speaking. And one thing that I always say to my audience is I'm not here to convince you as an adult to change the way you're eating, but it surely would help your children if they saw and they learned from you. Mm. We as adults have established taste buds. Very difficult to change because you're not changing your mindset. Now, maybe as a young kiddo, you didn't like a certain vegetable and you've tried it now as an adult and or you still don't like it. Then you choose not to give it to your child because you don't like it. So that this is where I step in and I say, listen, don't cheat your children out of their virginized taste buds. Right. Mm-hmm. Taste is learned. 
So if you would like to give them the empowerment, then it's your obligation yeah, to introduce it. Absolutely, because not all Mexican kids automatically like arroz and frijoles and all that stuff. It's what, it's what you train them to do. Last night, I went, I, I <laughs> two nights, I did Mexican heritage night at my house. So I went and got taco palenque. But, you know, I got the sirloin. I got the things that were the least, least fatty. You know what they wanted? They wanted burgers. But you know what? I knew if I came mm -hmm. home with rice, beans, tortillas, and frijoles and carne, they're going to eat it. Absolutely. And they all, they... Devoured. Loved it. Devoured. You know what I mean? And so you're right. We're, we're, we're normally as parents applying our likes and dislikes and and passing them on to the next generation. Well, I saw Amanda oh, laugh a little yeah. bit. What is the food that your children don't eat because you don't like them? Because I definitely have one. Well, I was, I was thinking a little bit, too, about the captive audience thing. And I want to catch up with you in about 10 years because <laughs> I have a 12-year-old daughter. And, um, and it, I... <clears throat> I was just thinking, my tw she won't eat uh, barbecue sauce. My son won't eat anything. Just, just bizarre things. Mm -hmm. And but I was thinking too that children always um, they're influenced by their parents, and and that my kids own poor eating habits. If I'm really being honest, sure. I know where they came from. And yeah, your husband, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, their father, for sure. No. But um, that was what I was really thinking was mm. it is the parents. And and um, I think that's why that's so cool that that's where you focus as well in coaching them. But I think that that applies to everything in life. You know, people would say to me, how come you don't make your bed? I'm like, because my mother didn't make me make my bed. Mm -hmm. You know, right. so yeah. why, why are you this way? Because that's the way my mother was. Yeah, it's hard to to get a new habit when you've had ones ingrained for your entire life. Oh, yeah, life. we, beca we become so our parents as much as we don't want to. We uh, become our parents. Right. Look at us all grim. Every time. Every time. <laughs> Every time. Uh, I yeah. hear my mother's voice come out of my mouth. But, uh, Amanda, I, li I like what you said about the kids because I had, I had easily 10 or 15 theories about how things were going to be when mm -hmm. I had kids. Yeah. And, then I, and then I had kids. And my theories changed. And then once my kids became teenagers, and I have three of them, a tween and, and two teens, now I'll have a whole different set of theories, <laughs> you know? But none of the original theories made it, and none of the, when they were little, theories made it. So I'm just basking in the glow of, you do, like, they do the love best. us. Do the best you can. Stars. Do the best you can. I just want to keep being friends with you until about right, right. No, 11. But that's why they we need advice. That's why we need advice from experts, because then mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. it kind of puts us on notice, hey, Pay attention to this, right? Well, we my won't... child will listen to an expert before they'll listen to me. Oh, but that's that, a... <laughs> yeah, I think that that's pretty common in most <laughs> environments, right? Because they're used to us always being there, getting away. You know, children are made to manipulate their parents from <laughs> day one. Listen, yeah. they cry, we give them something to suck yeah. on. They're, they that didn't help, we change their diaper. Right, that we'll didn't help, we up. give them right. Yeah. So right, that evolves and 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 becomes our comfort as well, knowing that they're at a reach you know, at a touch where we can reach them, but I still want them a little far away, but don't leave me hanging because I'm always going to go back to you as a parent and have you like, yay, you did a good job or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, to, to, to you, Heather, that have young children, um, just remember that taste is learned mm -hmm. and what you offer them the first time might not necessarily be because of taste. A lot of times it's, they don't like the texture or it's unfamiliarized. Uh, combination food. I have um, soup and noodles. 
and I don't know what to do with it. So we have to respect our audience, their age, their ability to to go forth. You know, um, we talked about on our Zoom a little bit about, you know, parents will come to me and say, they're just not chewing. They're just not. And then I look at, do they have proper speech? What is their age? How much are they involved with other children? Are they constantly just with you? You know, so what yeah. we do with just one captive audience being a parent is very different than what we do in an environment setting that has other children. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, you know, I don't want to speak for all parents, but mm. I would imagine it's almost universal that parents want their kids to do better than them, go higher, further, yeah. faster than them. Like that's my job is to set them up for success. So if parents want to get in touch with you and, yes. and get their children set up for success in the food arena, how yes. can they do that? So you could reach out to me um, at 210-326-0388, and that's um, my telephone number. Or you can send me a text, uh, I'm sorry, a, an email at tierce tierce with an eight at the end at gmail.com. Love it. It's dangerous because that's so a conversation. T-I-R-Z, the number T-I-R-Z. eight at gmail.com. Yes. T-I-R-Z Thank you, Howie. Yes. Okay. And if I can give you some advice, don't yes. don't get them to start liking sushi because when they're older, they're going to spend like a ton expensive of money. Stuff. Yeah. Okay, great. So get them to like inexpensive but nutritious food. Oh, I, I caught my husband giving my daughter watermelon with black olives the other day, and I didn't say anything, but I was like, oh, oh. my gosh, why? <laughs> why that combo, man? Yeah. Because it's salty and sweet. Salty yeah. and sweet. That's yeah. why. He did it. That's why, definitely. And next That's week, it's him. cottage cheese with ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, she's definitely put ketchup on gross stuff before. I'm just like, whatever, kid. All right, next up on the show is Amanda Bankin, the owner of Green Tree Steamers. Amanda, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So you've been a guest here before, so if anybody wants to learn a little bit more in depth, you can go and find your other two episodes. Mm-hmm. But give us a brief overview of your business and what you'd like to you know, touch base with today. Okay, my business is a floor cleaning company. And I truly believe that a clean floor is a psychological advantage. (laughs) And that has actually been proven by Princeton, which is a very fancy and prestigious school that I've heard of. (laughs) And they did a 2011 study that showed that when the environment is clean and pristine, that the people that live and work in that will do so at a higher level. And that's what we provide. I I love that. Psychology of a clean floor. So... How often, because I have one of those floors that it's wonderful because it kind of hides dirt, but how often are you seeing that you're really cleaning up a lot more than people expect? Well, it's interesting that you say that because those floors over time, you don't really notice as they get dirtier and dirtier and dirtier because they're hiding it. Mm -hmm. And when we come in and we clean it, it will brighten the room in a way that's very, very uplifting. Not to mention, in your case, Heather, especially with a little one crawling around, yeah, if it's even that worse. tile and grout, that's porous. So what's ever on the bottom of shoes or if you have pets on the bottom of their paws, mm. that's getting stuck in there. If it's not resealed and pushing around a mop, it's not going to do it, especially with tile and grout. It's backbreaking work mm-hmm. to get it clean and sanitized unless... You've got equipment and people who know how to use it. I call Amanda to get my floors cleaned ASAP. Oh, my gosh. So Heather has floor that 
covers dirt. I have dirt that covers the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I didn't notice that until the dog threw up and then mm-hmm. I went to wipe it. Then as I was wiping, and then I'd see that this thing was getting filthy from like even the areas where the dog mm-hmm. had not thrown up. So it's like, so you really don't see it. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. Is well, there is there a test other than get a white paper towel, wet it, and start wiping your floor just to see how much dirt is on it? Sure. I mean, look at the bot. Walk around with a your barefoot and look at the oh. bottom of your feet. But it's kind of like losing weight. You know how when you're losing weight, you don't notice it, and then someone will see you and be like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. That's how it is cleaning the floor. You do not notice uh, as it gets dirtier analogy. and dirtier, mm-hmm. and it just turns into a dingy whatever. And then when it's clean, it's just a Vast difference. It's it's actually beautiful. Yeah, you're it's like, oh, beautiful I, just, yeah, to me. I thought it was just yellow. Yeah. And I forgot that it was it was bright white. No, was, yeah. you you just, I love that analogy, and you know because that's so true. When I do work with adults, they say, "Well, I've only lost five pounds." Well, great. You know what my answer to that is? Go to H E B or go to your local grocery store. Grab a bag of five pound of sugar or potatoes and lug that around, and then tell me if you're still just going to use the word only in front of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I spent. Before this, I was in the hospitality industry, so I was serving people food and drink, and I'd watch my best clients kind of get more unhealthy as I continued to serve them. And so this business is the best because when I leave, they're in so much better shape. Oftentimes, their floor has just gotten away from them, and they stay a little bit too busy. Oh, my gosh. What what do you say to people that have a lot of furniture and things all over the place? Like, What do people do with that? Well, I always tell them that the more that they can get off of the floor before we come, the less time we're going to be there in your home. And so it's better. But, of course, we will help move furniture. But obviously, with things like valuables and electronics, we request that you pick them up and pack them up before we come in there. Because there is equipment and people running in and out and that kind of thing. How satisfying is the before and after? It's fantastic. I just like I want to watch so it happen. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I mean, and I, that is the most delightful surprise <laughs> is how much I really, really, really like leaving a place cleaner. Do you take videos of that? Because I would watch that on TikTok. Oh, yeah. yeah, those exactly those mesmerizing <laughs> those, that thing before cleaning before and up. after, just watching well, them pressure wash. It's funny wash that stuff. you should mention that, Heather, because I am. Um, that's the. Floor cleaning TikTok is absolutely killing it. And there's almost nobody in this market who um, who is capitalizing on that. But I did. I'm, I'm working on it. Because well, you're it. also kind of a Twitter queen. Tell us a little Although, bit about that. Oh, that's that's my um, that's my personal account. It's a joke <laughs> account. Wait, and, no, is it Twitter or is it X? And oh, it's, it's X now. It's X now, yes. Uh, but that's. Right there, that's the reason that I'm self-employed, or one of the reasons, because I can make these jokes, and it's like, what are they going to do? No <laughs> one, no one's fired. No one's going to fire me, and I write my own. I don't. No one's writing my paycheck, and I mean, it just kind of took off. It started off as parenting humor, and then it just kind of took off. I think nice. it's. I think it's almost at seventy-eight thousand. Where do we find uh, you on X? It's a uh, mom on fire, mom and how you know me. Um, <laughs> 
It's it's uh, not PG. Just <laughs> FYI, it's, it's an adult PG. account, and that's why I'm self employed, so Perfect. I can have joke joke accounts. I love it. Thank it's you, all Heather. because of the. Oh, yeah. yes. I wasn't expecting that, but thank you. Well, so no, much. I remember no. the first time I met you. Like you had a funny observation <laughs> about the presentation that we were watching, and you were like, "Hey, Hang now the way I sec. look at my Twitter." Let me just, uh, <laughs> and it was it was funny, and and that's my life too. Is always just hang on one second. Well, I feel like that's going to translate really well because I don't have Twitter. I just like never quite got into it. Or, or we're just going to call it Twitter here. It's X, I know. Um, but I'm on TikTok and I will f- watch your account so hard because well, I feel like that translates. That skill that's set. the new frontier for me. And um, and this co- this goes to small business ownership. So I had two two ways I could do this. I could try and teach myself how to use TikTok and do my own content. Or I could um, hire a professional and let a professional mm-hmm. do a professional's job. And so that's the route that I went because I've learned that uh, through my own business. People are always telling me, oh, me and my husband, we're going to clear out the weekend and we're going to clean the floor. And it's like, okay, let me know how that goes. Right. It's, it's, and then they'll yeah. call back and say, wow, happen. we worked for 12 hours and had a two square feet mm-hmm. area. And so it's the same with me and social media marketing is that the technicians can get the footage. And then I actually have my onboarding for uh, Krukus Marketing oh, to great. do. Um, and TikTok is nice. the area because t- there are people making videos of like full, of rugs being cleaned oh, yeah. and people are watching it to relax mm-hmm. and these videos are getting you know, like 500,000 views just a, an insane amount of views so that is the next frontier for me and it's funny you should mention that it's even better when they do that am i the asshole reddit posts while you watch something get cleaned it sucks me in every time <laughs> i'm like are you and then I watched the whole video. And that's a whole new frontier for me. But I have to be strategic. And actually, I've learned quite a bit from you, Howie, on this. Um, because Howie gives an educational moment every week. So I hear all these biz- business tips. Complimentary. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll but, be, We're in that free model right now. But then we're going to be Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be there. Um, but that is the small business owner's trap is trying to do everything yourself, thinking mm-hmm. that you're saving money, when if you invest in, a, for instance, a professional website versus what you know me back in my office can do, uh, that you make so much more money. That, so that mindset of getting out of that scarcity mindset and investing in your business appropriately where it needs to be invested in, that is, has been key for me. Yeah, so I'll throw out one more of the of the freebies. One is yes, and I've been there. I wanted to do everything myself because I figure if I know how to do it, then people can't pull the wool over my eyes. And then if I sub it out, then I know how much to pay and how long it's supposed to take, etc. Well, there's so many business functions that you can't do them all yourself. Okay, and there's some that have some pretty negative repercussions if you don't do them right, mm-hmm. i.e., your own taxes, yeah. and then you submit them to the IRS. And like, well, I mean, I did it. I watched a YouTube video. I'm I figured not, it wasn't that big of a deal, so I filed my my own my own my own taxes. And not saying and I've been there. But here's the next thing in in that in that uh, free advice model, and and it's worth what you pay for it, right? But how do you monetize those views and all those likes and all this other stuff? Because I love likes and I love I love uh, views. But if they don't monetize, meaning they don't turn into business, they don't turn into prospects, they don't t- turn into opportunities, it's a nice ego boost. But unfortunately, Frost doesn't take that as a mortgage payment, mm-hmm. right? That's right. So 
Well, and you know, that's the key. And where I'm going now is just brand recognition and getting our name out there. And um, that's what I was looking for because you are a brand actually. Mm -hmm. So getting the company name out there and getting you, Amanda Bingen as a brand out there, Mm -hmm. then people will remember you. And then you could tell them what you do. They remember you, they know you, they've seen you on X. And then next thing you know, you get to talk to them about clean floors and how awesome you are. And then when they see that you're really good at that on X, and then you have all these five-star reviews on Google for Green Tree Steamers, then next thing you know, it's, you know what? I like her, I know her, and now I trust her. And it comes down to that. Do you have the courage to be the man in front? Mm -hmm. Because it's just too easy to sit back and... And type, 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 type. But do I? Do you have the courage to put because yourself you out there? Because you feel busy if you're doing mm-hmm. all that stuff, and you, you occupy your time. As a business coach, I'm sure you tell people all the time. They're like, I don't have any extra time to go out and network and prospect because I'm writing blogs, I'm doing this, I'm doing all that stuff. I'm mm-hmm. sure you're going to redirect them, right? As a coach. Well, that's when we. I generally do a to-do list versus a success list. So, like, what are the things that you are doing that you could pay somebody to do at a higher level? And how do we start paying them to do that right now? Because you could use all that time that you're saving to go and make more money. To grow. Absolutely. So, you know, on the same topic of X and Twitter and Instagram, you know, there's a lot of influencers out there. Everybody's Mm -hmm. a nutrition expert. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. Everybody (laughs) who eats is a nutritionist. Listen, I eat. I know. Yeah, I've been eating for 50 years. Right. (laughs) Until they take the time to hire a registered dietitian and find out the background, the science, the body, the dynamics, the mechanics, they don't start to put two and two together. Oh, so it's not as easy as that influencer said on um, fill in the blank, whatever platform (laughs) you want to have picked. And TikTok is a big one. Oh, Oh, just give up this and you'll lose this. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. If I followed that advice, I'd be drinking two wines a day, three beers, (laughs) and then doing fasting. (laughs) Right. Right. And then taking cold showers and then shit, I'd be at my ideal weight. Well, I think that's what's so great about the trades, though, because like there's a lot of false information in the B2B service industry. And like it's easy to twist it if you don't know it very well. But like you're you're able to show a very clear before after mm-hmm. there's really no if ands or buts you either clean to the floor and it looks better right. or you yeah either didn't. the ac works or it does so i feel like yeah. i can trust that stuff on Absolutely. social media a lot more than i can trust this the cpa's advice mm-hmm. about buying a truck it's a it's a different industry because mm-hmm. with me it's it's easy to look at a process the the process is vetting with someone like tears it's uh, you have to do a little bit more research before you hire to know who you're hiring. Sure, but people will say, oh, if I just follow your advice, you know, again, just a, an influencer, I can get off of my cholesterol medication. Oh, well, good luck to you because... That's why I, disclaimers were created. Yeah. Right? yeah, this is not medical advice. You should know whatever. This right. pill has not been proven to do mm-hmm. whatever. It's all in their little, like, tiny font at the bottom of their post page. Right. Or I have a, I have something you that triggered when you said about the list and getting your clients to make the list of all the things they're doing, and then you know the success slash to do list. So, whenever I do that, 
and I or I have somebody do it, I said, write them all out. And then I say, do this. Now, start with that one. Because usually the thing that's the most important is the thing they put last because they know they should be doing more of it. They're just not doing it. And they're doing all the fun stuff first, and that's what came to mind. But I don't tell them that's going to happen. And I say, flip it. Now you have to know how to read upside down. But you know know my point. This is number 27 should now be number one. I like that. I I do it a little differently. I start by having them do the to-do list. And then we forget the to-do list for a minute, and we start painting the picture of the five-year goal. What does five years from now look Mm -hmm. like? What are you doing? I think we've had that conversation before. What does five years from now your day-to-day look like versus right now? Then go back to the do list and what on this list is actually going to give you traction toward the five-year goal? And generally, you know, it's not answering an email or answering a phone call or any of those low-level items. This is stuff that don't have natural consequences. It's the showing up to the networking. It's making those connections. It's Creating a brand that can go the distance. It's its those things that are easy to kick to the next week, next year, next month that add up over time and compound into not achieving your five mm-hmm. years. Absolutely. One of the things that I feel that I want my last impression to be and their first impression of me is to be when I think of doing better for my body, when I think about preventing disease, I want to think about my nutrition. And mm-hmm. so what did Tirsa say that really hit that point and what is achievable that I can start applying and taking the first step and putting one foot in front of the other? And again, it's not the big picture. It's let me step back and take the first step. But mm-hmm. what do I remember that Tirsa said? And so my branding would be to use the best food, that you know that you're capable of getting and uh, applying it to prevent disease in the long run. Yeah. How much that. better would your life be, your business be five years from now if you did these things? How much better would your life be five years from now if you put these things into practice? And how much time are you wasting doing things like data entry yeah. mm. instead of going to networking? It's amazing to me how many business owners don't feel like networking is worth their time. Mm. Because almost every opportunity I've ever gotten has been because of someone I knew. Absolutely. I, I've got my <clears throat> truck fixed this morning because Howie <laughs> gave me a recommendation. I went in and dropped his name, and they pushed me to the front. That's a perfect example. Yeah. So, well, so that's your network is your net worth. Heather was at this talk that I gave, mm-hmm. and I had the best compliment. You were the best on video. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the best compliment that day was a lady who came up to me afterwards and she said, I value the networking thing, but I hate speakers because they usually talk about some regurgitated, boring thing. And so what I usually do is I'll go in and I'll network and then I'll leave before the speaker starts. And she said, I wasn't sure what time you were starting, but I was, I was ready to leave. So I was actually starting to walk out when you were starting to talk, but there were so many people that I couldn't get through. And she goes, you caught my attention right away. And then I stood there and I listened to the entire talk. And I just want to tell you, you motivated me to look at these opportunities completely different. She goes, because I didn't think about my network being my net worth. Obviously, I like networking. But to your point, Amanda, we are all one connection away from changing the trajectory of our business and of our lives. Just like we're all one decision away from changing everything. Some people take the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. But if you take the right decision, 
wow, you're just like, oh, I can't believe it. I'm glad that opportunity presented mm-hmm. itself. It doesn't present itself if you don't show up. That's that's it. You suit up and show up. And I, I love that. We're one connection away from changing the course of our business. Yeah, because it's not overwhelming. And I think that's people think in macro. I want to achieve so much in the five years that I don't even know what I'm going to do. But if you think of it as I'm one connection away from changing my life and my business. I'm going to go to that networking event. One foot in front of the other. I'm going to show up to Mm -hmm. B&I or my people or whatever it is that that you do on time, Callie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I was, no, I'm kidding. I think Wait, I made it. Did you already listen to the previous <laughs> no, podcast? No, I actually did. But I, I we were doing know. therapy before this, so <laughs> we I were talked. talking about That's what Genevieve said. <laughs> Almost every opportunity I've ever had came from showing up on time. Mm-hmm. That is, that's been or showing up early. Showing up so, early. So I've done that for speakers mm-hmm. when there's like a really big speaker or somebody I want to get to know, and uh, I, I show up early. And they're usually there because they're setting up the stage mm-hmm. or something going on. And I'll walk in. I'm like, hey, can we get a quick selfie? Can I get a, yeah. Well, speaking of time, y'all, we have to wrap oh. it up because we're, right. we're very much over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. As we wrap up, oh, wait, real quick. Amanda, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they reach out to you and get their floors cleaned? Give me a call, 210-277-0424, anytime. Or you can go to my website, greentreesteamers.com, and there's a contact form, and it'll go directly to my inbox. And... Customer service is something I take really seriously, and especially with the holidays coming up, your floors do matter. There are people like myself, perhaps like Teresa, I don't know, who are going to notice how your floors look. <laughs> and this is the month to get it done because November and December go like a, in like a bullet, so you need to get it done this right. time. So yeah, and full feeling- full disclosure, Amanda has cleaned the carpets at and the rugs at my at our mom's house, and so oh. you got five you got five stars. Yeah, yes, this, uh-huh. yeah, oh, Mrs. I re- yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah, so thank you, beautiful for that. rugs. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. thank you. Yes, yes. yes. So yes. I'm a big fan of both of your parents. Actually, yeah. I, I know both of them, which is interesting. Yeah. Yes, great people. Thank you. thank you. And they do practice nutrition. And <laughs> one, I won't give out their ages, but they're. Up one there. is 10 years <laughs> less than 100, and the other one is 20 years less than 100. That's correct. And they take a lot of pride in moving their bodies. <laughs> and to attest right. to the nutrition platform, wow. they definitely do practice good nutrition, both of them. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a nutrition partner, look me up. I'm <laughs> yep. happy to if help. If you're looking for nutrition, Tirza, yeah. reach out to her. Right. If you are feeling a little bit of shame like I am about how your floors are probably <laughs> looking, reach out to Amanda. I can help. And as we wrap up the show, a quick reminder to check out our latest this podcast or catch video versions of the show on our website at satalkradio.com that's going to be it for us for this show have a great week and we'll see you on the next one thank you thank guys. you thanks